Uh, turn with me, please, this morning to Romans, the first chapter. Romans chapter 1. We've been talking about the love of God. And uh, it's also Mother's Day today. So we want to talk about the love of God in motherhood. And we want to uh, let the Lord talk to us through the Word this morning. How many believe He can? You know, I think sometimes people are looking for the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. Do you understand what I mean by that phrase? Uh, because, you know, sometimes people are, are trying to be spiritual and they, they have certain things in their mind of what is spiritual. And they're looking for just a few specific things. And if they don't see that, then they think, well, it's not spiritual. And uh, it's been my privilege to be acquainted with, I believe, some of the most spiritual people on the planet. Uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagin's a very spiritual man. Brother Kenneth Copeland's a spiritual man. Uh, I've been able to spend some time with some other people uh, that I believe have a great degree of spirituality about them. And you'll find that they are some of the most natural, normal-seeming people you ever want to be around. They don't, go, they don't go around all the time with their eyes rolled back in their head. They don't scream in tongues out in public. They don't jump up on tables and, and do weird things. Did you hear me? And see, some people, though, they, they think, well, you know, this is, this is not spiritual enough. Well, what, so many times what they're calling spiritual is just flesh. The real thing is not bizarre. Some people thought, well, you know, we're a peculiar people. That doesn't mean weird. <laughs> Difference between peculiar and weird, if you look up the word, it really, you know, peculiar in the King James is almost misleading. Uh, the, the word means uh, rare treasure. Amen. Got nothing to do with being weird. <laughs> right? I don't know why I'm talking about all that, but. But I am nonetheless. What, what I mean is uh, one, one characteristic of being spiritual, uh, developing and being spiritual is the same as developing and being mature, Amen. growing up. And one characteristic of spiritual maturity is that you can discern and see God at work Amen. where babies won't. For instance, sometimes people think, well, well, you know, the Spirit's not moving. We need, we need this or we need that. And they think unless somebody stops and you've got a drum roll and somebody says, Yea, thus saith the Lord. Unless they hear that, they think, well, there's, there's no inspired utterance. But a person with more spiritual discernment can see that a lot of times uh, a minister will go in and out of prophecy. And there's never, there was no fanfare. Sometimes there was a word of knowledge in something. There was a word of wisdom. There was discerning of spirits. And these things are not, not uh, limited and relegated to a church service. They're supposed to be happening in your daily life. Right. Amen. 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 Without a bunch of fanfare. 
A word of knowledge can come so subtly that you could easily pass it off as one of your own thoughts. It just comes up in you and you know something. And, and how would you know it? You didn't hear it from anybody. You didn't learn it from a natural channel. How do you know it? Well, it's revelation. You understand what I'm talking about? But uh, sometimes what people are calling spirituality is really carnality and fleshiness. And the more mature you are, you can see God at work in things that other people don't. You know, have you ever been in a situation? I've been in a situation where even a person that uh, didn't know God. And they started talking to me about something. And all at once they got off on this area. And I perked up and I thought, this is God talking to me. Through this person. Amen. They weren't even saved. But they had some knowledge in an area that I didn't have. And yet we need to be open to realize that God is communicating to us and ministering to us in a myriad of ways if we're open and aware of it. How many believe God can talk to us in church? I would hope so. Amen. (laughs) But the thing is, do you recognize him? Do you see him? Are you waiting for some big fanfare? Are you looking for something super spectacular? And while you're doing that, missing the real supernatural and the real thing that is God. Just a, just a thought. Romans one twenty. are you there? Romans 1 and 20. It says, verse 20 of Romans 1, The invisible things of Him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Now notice what happens when you're not thankful and when you don't glorify God. They became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. The more unthankful you are, the more into darkness you go. Well, would there be another side of that? What about the more thankful you are? Actually, had the Lord asked me a question some years ago in a time of prayer, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but distinctly inside me, he asked me a question as I remember I was in the floor in the speaker's room praying about something back in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the Lord asked me, he said, Keith, would you like to know how to enlarge your capacity to receive from me? Well, it took me (laughs) about a split second to say yes, yes, and yes, yes. Would I like to know how to enlarge my capacity to receive from Him? Do you understand? We we don't receive in our lives according to God's ability. We don't receive according to what He can do. We receive according to our ability to receive. We receive according to our faith. We receive according to our vision. There's a lot of things the Lord would like to do for us, but He can't even talk to us about some things because it's just too big for us. We'd just faint and fall off our chair. 
and think, oh. <laughs> so why even talk to us about it? But as, as we use our faith and as we grow, he can talk to us about bigger things. Amen. Amen. And it's not just pie in the sky imagination. It's something that we really believe he can do. And it seems within reach with, with, with him doing it. So he said, do you want me to tell you how to enlarge your capacity to receive from me? I said, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, please tell me. He said this simple phrase. He said, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Cultivate. Now, that cultivate means it's not going to happen automatically. I've got to stir myself up. I've got to apply myself. Cultivate a lifestyle. It's not something I just do on Sunday. Cultivate a lifestyle of what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It, it, it has an enlarging effect on your insides. It has an enlightening effect on your soul and mind. If unthankfulness causes your soul to be darkened, then it stand to reason that thankfulness would cause you to be enlightened and your light to increase. But you got to stir yourself up so that when you wake up in the morning, instead of grumbling and complaining and slapping the alarm clock and, and grumbling and, and, and stumbling into the bathroom and looking in the mirror and go, grumble, grumble, grumble. Grumbling that the bacon is too crisp or, or the wrong kind and grumbling because you don't like your car, grumbling about the traffic. See, people have cultivated a lifestyle of complaining. Many, many Christians are highly developed. They are in a lifestyle of complaining. And you watch this, the, the famous words, I, I'm not complaining, but, <laughs> yeah, you're complaining. You watch this phrase where people say, now I know how to submit, but, uh-uh, no, now I know how to forgive and walk in love, but, <laughs> now that means you're not going to, no, you need to wake up in the morning and open your eyes and say what? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Thank you, Lord, for my health. Thank you, Lord, for my brightness of mind. Thank you, Lord, for my prosperity. Thank you for my family. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you, thank you all day long, all night long. You wake up in the nighttime, go get a drink of water, stand in front of the refrigerator and go, Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this bottle of mustard. And I thank you for this ketchup too. I'm serious. I cultivate. Thank God for the little things. Thank God for the big things. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. When the conversation lulls and you don't know what to say, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a deep breath. Thank you, Lord. How many's hearts beating this morning? Your heart's beating? Huh? Blood circulate. Your brain working? Don't make a bad confession. Are you happy about that? We've got so much to be thankful for. 
And the more you give faith, uh, it gives thanks. The more you give faith, <laughs> thanks, excuse me, in faith, then you are enlarging yourself to receive more revelation. Because, see, God is huge on stewardship. He that is unfaithful in that which is least would be unfaithful in much or more. Now, one way that you're unfaithful in something is that you're unthankful for it. Unthankfulness, ingratitude, is unfaithfulness. Some of these things you might want to write down. Because some of these things I'm saying right out of my spirit. That wasn't Keith that just said that. Ingratitude, unthankfulness, is unfaithfulness. And God does not give more to the unfaithful. Who qualifies for more? If you're faithful, God gives you more. If you're faithful with the revelation He's given you, He'll give you more revelation. If you're faithful in handling the $5 and the $10, He'll give you the 50 and 100. If you're faithful in handling the 505,000, then you'd be uh, qualified to handle 500,000. If you're faithful to handle the 500,000, you, you qualify to handle 5 million. Right? Well, are you thankful for the five you have now? Yeah. Are you thankful for that 50? Yeah. Don't, don't despise it. Oh, that ain't nothing. 50 ain't nothing. It's what you have. Amen. You wouldn't have it if the Lord hadn't enabled you to get it. But see, when you're unthankful, you darken your soul. You darken your mind. It is a path into darkness. That the enemy tries to lead people so that they're not thankful for this, they're not thankful for that, and they're always talking about what I don't have, what I can't do. You see what I'm talking about? It leads to darkness and more darkness. Well, we don't have this, and we don't have that, and we can't do this. I mean, there's a lot of seats in here that are not paid for yet on the board. But we don't come in here and cry about the seats that are not paid for. We shout about the ones that are. You've seen us. We've shouted as much about two or three seats that got paid for as the 50. And what happens? They keep coming in. I said they keep coming in. And you just watch it. The more faithful we are to give thanks and to to give God honor for the twos and the threes and and even in the tens and the fifties now, well, we'll see bigger numbers come in. But what if we stood up here and went, well, you know, ten's not much. That's dishonoring, isn't it? Dishonorable to the people. You don't know. I'm mean, somebody sold a hundred dollars. That could be like a hundred thousand to some people, right? It could have been all they had, and in a hundred percent, nobody can give more than that. It's to be honored. It's to be respected. It's to be something that you give thanks for. In healing school. I had the privilege of working for a number of years, and I saw it again and again and again. People would get something wrong with them and completely focus on the problem. You know, have something wrong with their finger. And after a while, you know, days pass and weeks pass, and it's finger, finger problems. Finger. Something's wrong with my finger. My finger don't work right. I don't, it's not fair. Uh, 
Moe's finger works right. Rick's finger works right. Why don't my finger work right? It ain't right. It's not fair. And completely forget you got nine that work just fine. And ten toes that work great. And knees and elbows and heart and kidney and lung. See, you see what I'm talking about? Get so darkened until you don't even realize what you got going for you. You see that? That's how a lot of people wind up in divorce court. Because whatever you magnify becomes more real to you. Magnify God, He becomes more real to you. Magnify the devil, He becomes more real to you. That's what some people don't realize is that, you know, they're always talking about devils this and devils that. Somebody asked us a while back, you know, well, you know, what about the devil, you know, and he's doing all this stuff and you'll never talk about that. No one, we're not going to. We're not going to magnify the devil. Yeah, he's around. We know that. Yeah, demons are at work. We know that. The devil's at work. He's going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's out to steal. He's out to kill. He's out to destroy. And because of people's ignorance and lack of faith and disobedience, he's able to get in and do some things in lies. But we're giving him no free advertising. None. I don't care what he's able to pull off. We ain't even going to tell it. The Lord, that's one of the things the Lord gave us the direction about. In this church, when we first started, He said, give me the glory, give me all the glory, and give the devil none. That's why we have testimonies. Every service. Amen. Somebody got a new pocket knife. We're liable to tell it. You've seen it. You know what we're talking about. And, but we're not going to brag on the devil. And yet people say, well, you don't understand. There's spirits behind stuff. There's spirit. I know that. There's devils in people. Devils everywhere. And you get people that get to magnifying that. And they think about devils. There's a devil in in my husband. (laughs) And then the devil tells him, there's three devils in your wife. (laughs) You got devils in you. You got more devils in you. There's devils behind the hedge bushes. Uh, Devils in my transmission. There's a devil in the refrigerator. There's a devil. <laughs> what if you become demon-minded? Then you become attuned to demons. You, you get on their wavelength and you'll have all kind of demonic manifestation in your life. And you'll think it's because you're more with it and don't realize you're opening the door. You're inviting them in. Jesus told us how to deal with devils. Two basic things. I'll go over it real slow. Shut up. Come out. Let me go real slow again. (laughs) If there's demon activity, what do you do? You don't ask it. 1,200 questions. Where were you? Where did you come from? And who were you? They're known liars. Shut up. You shut them down. Bind them up. Shut them down. Shut up. Come out. Get out. End of story. Right? We don't let them manifest in our church. We don't let them manifest in our house. 
You don't let them manifest in your house. You have authority. They're under your feet. No reason for you to be afraid of the devil at all. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Believe it. Mr. So-and-so was put, I think they put a curse on me. I've had people come to me trembling, scared out of their boots. I live in a building and I think there are witches on the top floor. And they do weird stuff and I think they put a curse on me. They said, what a, help me, help me. The way I can help you is for you to get out of fear. Fear makes you subject to bondage. These things can have no power over you if you will not fear them. You need you, you remember when uh, they tried to hire uh, Balaam? Balak tried to hire Balaam to curse the people of God. You remember that? And he came out. He offered him all this money. And he went out. He's going to try to curse them. And the Lord said, you can't curse whom I've blessed. <laughs> he went to another place and he couldn't do it. He went to finally. He just gave up. He said, well, you can't curse whom God has blessed. Are we the blessed of the Lord? How can you curse? Whom God has blessed. But see the key is you believing that. You believing that and having confidence in that shuts the door. Somebody told Dr. Hagen some years ago. He was in a certain service and he said. Oh Brother Hagen. Oh you messed up. He said what? There was a woman in there and she's prophet to so and so. And you said some things that made her mad. She's liable to put a curse on you. Well, now that tells you what kind of prophetess she was. Going around putting curses on people. Sound like a witch. And uh, they said, uh, oh, Brother Hagin, oh, she put a curse on so-and-so. And man, they kicked the bucket. They died. Oh, you better go talk to her. You better go repent to her. He said, I double dog dare her <laughs> to curse me. You anybody know what double dog dare? <laughs> I double dog dare her to curse me. The scripture says the curse causeless shall not come. It'll return to the place it came from. Anybody want to curse me, they better make it to fit them. Because it's boomeranging right back on their own head. Because I do not fear it. Therefore, it has no power over me. Amen. I live right. I'm walking with the Lord. There's no access. Did you hear me? Somebody said, what about curses of generations? I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. These things only have power in your life if you believe in them. Are you with me? Now, you can believe something else if you want to, but it's good to be free. Come over here and be free. Amen. Say it out loud. I am totally free from all curses. Any kind of curse, every kind of curse, Jesus became accursed for me. Now I'm redeemed. I'm free from every curse. Nobody, but nobody can curse me. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. How can you curse whom God is blessed? I'm blessed. Don't try to come tell me I just don't understand the intricacies of generational curses. I've heard it all, okay? But you're quoting theory and opinion and somebody's preaching. I'm quoting scripture to you. 
Amen. And I've been free for a long time and I like it just like this. So don't try to change me. I've been believing in the blessing for decades. I'm not going to stop and start believing in a curse. I'm blessed. Not cursed. Anybody with me on that? And that's in none of my notes, man. (laughs) What's that got to do with mother? Mothers are a blessing. Amen. (laughs) And if you'd listened to your mama, you probably wouldn't have been cursed near his (laughs) mother. You had to work it around there somewhere. <laughs> Glory to God. We were we were talking about the love of God. And here it says that the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even God's eternal power and uh His Godhead are seen through the things that are made. We see God through His creation. Have you ever stared up into a starry sky at night? Can you see God there? You ever looked out across the horizon of the Pacific Ocean? (laughs) Well, you, you get a revelation of God is big. You ever stood at the base of the Rocky Mountains? Yeah. <laughs> Feel like a little pebble in the dust? God made them. He's bigger than they are. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The beauty of, of the flowers, the, the wonder of the animal kingdom, the marvel of the human body, uh, the, the wonderful things that God has given man in uh, inventiveness and, and creation and all these things. The wonderful machines the Lord's given us. All this came out of Him. Amen. Everything except the curse and except evil. Every good thing has come out of Him. And we already know a lot more about Him than some people even realize. Just by right of being in the world and seeing everything that's beautiful, everything that's good is is, is saying this is what God is like. Amen. And God has given us mothers Amen. Thank you, Lord. to reveal Himself to the whole world. It's not by accident that there are families, a daddy and a mama and children. He ordained that from the very beginning of creation. He could have done it a different way, but that's what He ordained. And God manifests Himself through fathers, and he manifests himself through mothers. Go with me to two scriptures quickly, if you would, in in the Old Testament here. Go with me to uh, Isaiah, the 40, well, let's just go to the 66th chapter, first of all, Isaiah 66. And then let's find 1 Thessalonians 2. If you want to find these two openings, Isaiah 66, 1 Thessalonians 2.
Isaiah 66. God reveals himself, his love, all his many splendored person to us through so many different ways. He's so big. It takes more than one thing for him to reveal himself to us. Like we said, he reveals us, reveals himself to us through creation. And mothers and motherhood is a powerful way that God has shown a side and a part of himself to us. God is never referred to as, as female, as a she, and yet he does possess mother qualities. And real motherhood comes out of him. Both fatherhood and motherhood come out of him. Listen to some of these scriptures and you'll see. In verse, uh, let's see, 12, Isaiah 66, 12. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river. Do you know that's where the song came from? Got peace like a river. And the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall you suck, and you shall be born upon her sides, and be dandled upon knees. Actually, you know, her is in italics there. Verse 13, as one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. Hallelujah. When you need comfort, remember this. Stand on it. Claim it. You ever seen a, an infant comfortable in its mother's arms? <laughs> Boy, you can tell they are doing some serious sleeping. <laughs> not a care, not a fear, completely at peace and at rest. Everybody say comfortable. The Holy Spirit is called what? The comforter. And you'll find that all this uneasiness, all this uh, uncomfortableness, this when people get into formalities where it's, it's rigid, that's not of God. When it's God, it's what? Comfortable. I don't mean you get to the point where you're just sloppy and slack and don't show any respect. You can be respectful and you can be honorable and glorious and still be comfortable. Amen. Church is supposed to be comfortable. Isn't it? It's not supposed to be uneasy. It's supposed to be comfortable. The Holy Ghost is here. He's the comforter. No matter how tight you've been wound up. If you'll sit down and, and wait on Him and listen to Him, the anointing will come on you. Amen. And you'll just be able to go, ah, glory. <laughs> Thank you, Master. We which have believed do enter into rest. He gives us peace that passes understanding, keeping our heart and mind. Can you say amen? amen. We see that. In mother and child. Comfort. So many times when a toddler 
has a problem, skins a knee, stumps a toe, what do they want to do? Run to mama. Huh? They're upset, they're distressed, they're distraught, but mama can scoop them up and kiss that boo-boo. And they just feel better immediately. Right? And a lot of times nobody can make them calm down. They're looking around and and what do they want? They want mama. (laughs) Nobody can fix this but mama. How many know it's that way with God? You get into situations where, (laughs) you know, I I love you, brother, but I I need God. (laughs) I love you, sister, but I got to get to God on this. He's the only one that can touch you like he can touch you. And minister peace and quicken you like he can. Can you say amen? amen? We see the very comfort of God manifested in real, true, godly motherhood. We also see, well, you didn't, you, I didn't, you didn't read 1 Thessalonians, did you? Don't let me move too fast unless you missed that one. 1 Thessalonians 2. This is New Testament. 1 Thessalonians And six, First Thessalonians two six. He said, "Nor of men sought we glory." The apostle Paul, the Holy Ghost through him. Neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome, as the apostles of Christ. One translation says we might have asserted our authority. He could have been requiring. He could have said, "Hey." We're the apostle of this church. We founded this church. We have authority over you. You need to do this. He said, we didn't do that. Verse 7, we were what? We were gentle among you, even as a nurse. Another word for this would be mother. A nursing mother. Cherishes her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted to you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because you were dear to us. That's motherhood, isn't it? What else is that? That's God. That's love. Divine love. Listen to uh, uh, the NAS on that. He said, we proved to be gentle among you. As a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children, having thus a fond affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not the gospel of God only, but our own lives because you'd become very dear to us. The real love of God has this this mother instinct, as we call it. Any mother could get in the flesh and overcome this and be selfish. But mothers who yield to this have the very love and part of the character of God manifested in their lives. And little children learn about God before they're big enough to understand the difference between good and evil by seeing God in their mother and their father. Little ones should already know quite a lot about God. 
by the time they reach the age of accountability, having seen God and Mama. Amen? And Daddy. And they should have multiple mothers. Thank God for grandmas. Anybody besides me thank God for grandmas? Oh, man. Feel sorry for folk that didn't get to enjoy grandmas. Not too late. You can still have a grandma. Don't care if you're 60 years old. You can still have a grandmother, too. Church ought to be full of mothers and daddies. Amen? And brothers and sisters. I know uh, my mom and dad worked when we were small. And my grandparents on my dad's side were right there close by. And so we'd go over and meet the bus at their house. And come back in from school at their house. And I mean almost every day. You come to grandma's house and you got uh, fresh, hot rice pudding. I'm not talking about something out of the freezer that somebody warmed up in the microwave now. I'm talking about mama's rice pudding. And tea cakes. Anybody remember tea cakes? No? Anybody know about tea cakes besides me? There's probably another name for them. But oh man. Fresh, homemade, out of the oven. (laughs) Comforting. <laughs> Comforting. Another thing you see in in motherhood that is a revelation of God Himself is compassion and mercy. Now, when Daddy's ready to tear your britches up, <laughs> you can find mercy with Grandma. When everybody's on your case, (laughs) Grandma still give you some rice pudding and call you a good boy. (laughs) You might have messed up big time, but she'll say, well, that's all right, baby. You're a good boy. You just made a mistake. Half the county's ready to lynch you. Grandma says he's just misunderstood. He just. (laughs) He's going through a time of his life. He needs some love and some rice pudding. (laughs) Well, that is the mercy of God. How many know God is that way? He's not going to call wrong right. He's not going to call sin okay. But he'll love you anyway. No matter how bad you've messed up. If everybody else is ready to write you off. You can run to God. And he'll say, well, you can still be okay. You're my boy. You're my girl. I love you. you got great potential in you. Hmm? That's revealed in motherhood. and Grandmothers. Aren't you glad? Don't you remember uh, when King Solomon first took uh, his place as king over the land? And you remember those two women came. 
And there was a dispute about whose baby was whose. There was two babies in the house and one of them got smothered and the other one was alive. And both mothers were saying, that's my baby. The dead baby's yours and the live one is mine. And in the wisdom of God, he said, bring me a sword. They brought him a great big old sword. He said, bring that baby here. We'll just cut it in half and give half to one mama. And, half. and one of the mothers cried out and said, no, 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 just give her the baby. That... He said, that's the mama. Why? The compassion, the, 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 the New Testament and the Old Testament uses the terminology, the bowels yearn. The insides yearn and go out towards, that's the definition of compassion. Thank God for compassion that you see in mothers, that you see in grandmothers. You see God. In this compassion. That's what healed the sick in Jesus' ministry. He saw the multitudes. And the scripture said he had compassion on them. And healed all their sick. There's healing in love. Doctors are catching on to this. Researchers. Scientists. The nursing profession. The whole medical field are catching on. I mean, well, dear me. We've known for years that if you'll take a little flower and go, you're a pretty little flower. Oh, you're so pretty. And what? It'll outgrow and, and outblossom everything else. How much more a human being? How much more a child? Or an adult? There is healing in love. Love Heals, another way of saying, God heals. Compassion flows and restores and makes whole and makes sound. Thank God for the nurturing, the compassion, the comfort. There's one other thing I want to say in closing about this. Uh, Why don't you go to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and let's just look at a little scripture on this. Thank God for mothers. We know more about God because of our mothers. God has revealed himself to us in our mothers and grandmothers. So truly they are a gift of God into our life. Can you imagine your life without your mother or your grandmother's? What would you be like? What would your life be like if you, if you take all of the input of any mother figure in your life out right now? Would you be the same person? No, you would not. I said, no, you would not. I mean, uh, one of the, one of the, the thing that got Phyllis first interested in me. Had to do with my mother. She didn't know it. I didn't know it. Of course, you're not thinking about those kind of things when you're young. But mama, we didn't have a lot of money. But she insisted that us boys were going to look good when we went to school. And I mean, it stuff was starched and it was creased. And uh, we the, some of the clothes wasn't that hot. But they were clean and they looked good. And they were starched and... And even with me being as poor as I was, I got best dressed in school repeatedly. <laughs> Didn't have much money. How I many know it's not just about spending money, it's about 
Taking care of what you got. How you wear it. I mean, you can wear an old pair of blue jeans with style. <laughs> Put a razor, bra- razor blade crease in them things. Wear them like they're $100 jeans, you know. But anyway, uh, she, she had ingrained this in me, you know, from the time I was little. And we went on some kind of field trip at school. That's where Phyllis and I met, school. And uh, we're going to the zoo, weren't we? We were really young. And uh, we we got ready to go, and I pulled off my little jacket, and I folded it up and laid it on the seat. And Phyllis saw it and thought, that's the man for me. <laughs> Is that right? That's what she said. <laughs> All the other schoolboys just wadded stuff up and throwed it around. And, and uh, thank God for Mama. Amen. <laughs> Well, God is manifesting himself to us through these different ways. In 2 Kings 4, I want you to see another thing about God revealed in mother. 2 Kings 4. We see the the very comfort, the consolation of God revealed in true motherhood. We also see... In true motherhood, the persistence of God. A real mother won't quit on her child. Will she? How many testimonies have you ever heard about mama praying for somebody? Real mamas won't quit. Even when other people give up, mama will still be there. Amen? Amen. You know why? That's the way God is. He won't quit on you. You may quit on Him, but He won't quit on you. You see a real picture of this in 2 Kings 4. 2 Kings 4, this woman has honored the man of God, and in the course of time, she and her husband received the desire of their heart, a child. A son. They were not able to conceive and have a child before, but now they have. Now he's a, a, a lad. He's a child out with his father out in the fields. Something happened to him. You remember that? And he, he grabbed his head in verse 19, and he said, My head, my head. And his, are you in Second Kings 4, 19? He, he, he came to his father. And he said, my head, the little boy did, my head. And his, his daddy said, what? <laughs> Get him to his mama. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and died. That was probably, though, the most comfortable place he could have found. Right? At the moment. Mama's lap. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And shut the door upon him and went out. Now a lot of mamas would have been screaming their lungs out. But not faith mamas. Oh, are you listening? She knew this wasn't the perfect will of God. 
She knew it wasn't right for this, this child to die at this early age like this. She knew that wasn't God. And she called to her husband. She said, send me, I pray, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. He said, uh, why will you go to him today? It's not a new moon. It's not the Sabbath. She said, uh, it'll be well. Or the Hebrew peace. Shalom. It'll be okay. It's all right. That's faith talking, isn't it? I mean, the child's laying in there dead on the bed. She says, it's going to be all right. She didn't quit. She's looking death right square in the face and wouldn't quit. How many know mamas can be strong, powerful? And uh, she saddled an ass and said to the servant, drive and go forward and don't slack your riding for me unless I tell you. Well, it can be pretty rough wide open on a donkey. (laughs) But she said, pedal to the metal. I mean, get this donkey in overdrive, and don't you back off lest I tell you. Everybody say, mamas can be tough. And she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run, and I pray, meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she said, What? Oh, thank God for mamas, but oh, thank God for faith mamas, believing mamas, calling those things that be not as though they were, and had never read Romans 4. (laughs) Amen? Another way of saying it, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. What do you mean it's going to be? Mamas know, faith mothers know how to lay hold on God. And refuse to turn loose. It's going to be okay. Yeah, but he's laying in there dead. I said it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And she came to the man of God to the hill and caught him by the feet. Now see, in her day, this is about as close as she could get to God. God didn't live in them like he does in us. Not every man and woman had access directly to the presence of God like we do under this new and better covenant. So the closest thing she could do was get a hold of the man of God. And when she did, she got a hold of his feet and she ain't going nowhere (laughs) till she sees what she wants to see. How many know you can lay hold of God like that? Today you don't have to go to a man. You can go directly to him yourself. But you still need to lay hold of him just like that. Amen? Lay hold of him. And you're not turning loose. And uh, he said, you know, Gehazi came to try to pull her away. And the man of God said, leave her alone. Her soul is vexed in her. The Lord's hid it from me, didn't tell me. She said, did I not, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say don't deceive me? She said, I didn't ask you for this child. And I told you, don't, don't play with me because it's too precious to me about this thing. And then he saw, and he knew inside what had happened. And he said to Gehazi, gird up your loins and take your staff in your hand. Go your way and, and lay that staff on the face of the child. And verse 30, the mother of the child said what? Verse 30, 
Talking about mamas now. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Hmm? And he arose and followed her. And you know the story. Gehazi went in and put the staff on the child. Nothing happened. Elisha went on in there. And mama, mama's not quitting. He knows this woman is here for the duration. He's already told her. Mm-mm. As surely as God's alive and you're alive, I am right here till I see this thing through. And I mean the man of God himself went in there and laid on the child's body. And the child was raised from the dead. Everybody say, thank God for faith mothers, mothers of faith. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Don't give up on your children. The scripture talks about that, you know, anybody that leaves, mother or father or sister or brother, for the Lord's sake, he'll receive in this time what? Hundredfold what? Mothers, brothers, right? Sister, you see what I'm talking about? We should have many mothers. Even if you don't have a physical child, you can be a mother. Right? You can be a mother in this church. Because we got people that need mothers. There are people that didn't have proper mother. And they need it now. And there are people that need somebody that will lay hold of God. And listen, mothers. When I say mothers, I'm talking about all spiritual mothers, physical mothers, natural mothers, mothers and grandmothers. We need you. And we need you to be faith mothers. Amen. And the Lord is going to show you people in this church. That other folk may want to give up on. And he'll put them on your heart in prayer. Amen. And he'll put them on your heart for faith. And you can do just like this Shunammite. You can come and lay hands on God on their behalf. And no matter. Somebody said, well, I saw them. They were drunk last Saturday night. They were doing drugs. I saw them there having an affair. I saw them do this. And you'll say, yeah, but they can still come out. And you'll lay your hands, and even if months pass into years, you won't quit. I said, you won't quit. You'll hold on to God and say, no, no. As God lives and as I live and as they live, they will come around. They will come around, and I'm saying it, and I'm believing it, and I'm holding on to it. And through you, wonderful Godly mothers, through you, the very comfort of God can be manifest in the earth. The compassion of God can be manifest in the earth. And the long-suffering, perseverant, lay hold and never quit part of God is shown so beautifully too. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Stand on your feet if you would. Let's lift up our hands. Thanking God that we have such a God. And He's given us mothers. He's given us such revelations of His own compassion. Of His own comfort. Of His own steadfastness and perseverance. Lift up your hands and close your eyes if you would. Oh, Father, we bless You. Just go ahead and praise Him a little bit. Just lift up your hands and say, Thank You, Lord, for manifesting Your love to us. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a little time and praise Him. Oh, Father, we bless you. We praise you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I see that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 I heard two things in my spirit and received this from the Lord. Everybody just close your eyes for a minute if you would. There are people here, ladies here, that you did not have a proper mother. And you felt like that you, it, it has crippled you in some ways. But now you have both mother and father in God. You're no longer deficient. Don't say that you are. Don't act like that you are. And the Lord says to you, I'm going to use you to be to some others what you did not have. What you were deprived of in early life, I'm going to supernaturally put in you to be a mother to others. Oh, hallelujah. If that's you, receive it. If that's you, receive it. And the same applies to those who long to have a child and have not had a natural child. And you've thought, well, I just, I won't be a mother. The Lord says, no. You can have more children than if by natural birth. You can be yet a mother if you'll receive it. Those who have not been a mother and wanted to be mother, if you'll receive it, I'll bring children to you to be a mother too and I'll love them through you comfort them through you show my great compassion and mercy to them through you and you will be a true mother hallelujah God's a God of restoration he could take what was lacking what was a deficiency and a weak point and turn it around until it's a strong point. And he gets all the glory. Let's lift up our hands and thank him again. Now if that was you in particular, please uh, don't just hear it as though I said it. It was the Lord speaking to you. Believe you receive it. Hallelujah. Go ahead and believe you receive it if that's you. Go ahead and say under your breath, I'll be a mother. I'll be a mother to all you would that I should. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How kind you are. How good you are. How comfortable you make us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Don't be in too big of a rush now. Just be thankful to God. Oh, we bless you. We praise you.